Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, joined by Joe Belner tonight. Uh, we will have Joe Mason later on in the episode, uh, but we're excited to talk fantasy football with you today. Uh, we got some start-sit questions from Twitter, I believe. Is that correct, Joe? Absolutely. There we go. We're going to hit you up with those again. We got dogs and logs from week 11. Wait, oh my gosh. I've lost week, all uh, sense of week, time. Week 12, week 12. You know, folks, I got three kids at home, and I have no idea what day of the week it is at any point anymore. I'm just going by the seat of my pants. But we're going to talk dogs and logs about week 12. We're going to talk about matchups of the week. We'll recap last week's Thanksgiving showdown that Joe Mason and I had. And then we'll do some Dynasty drop-in to close out the show. But I know that, Belner, you've been talking to me a lot about the anxiety you're feeling going into week 13. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell the listeners at home what you're going through in your leagues? Yeah, so we're at that point of the year where, you know, mo- most leagues have two weeks left of the regular season. And, you know, I'm having I'm having a very good fantasy year. It's not, it's not that it's been a bad year. And uh, I've got one team that I'm fighting for playoffs. The rest of them, I'm, I'm probably in playoffs or I've uh, clinched the bye. But this one team's been driving me crazy. Um, Started off the year like in first place for almost every week. I was six and two, and then uh, Cooper Cup goes down, and rebounding from Cooper Cup injuries, you know, it's never easy. That's your first round pick, virtually the best player in fantasy. And uh, you know, I, I made some trades. I was scraping by. Um, had, had like you know Jeff Wilson waiver ad some some really good additions. But then I go. The last four weeks have been brutal and uh, probably the worst luck I've ever had in fantasy. So the first week I went up against Joe Mixon in the Joe Mixon week. Then I got the Justin Fields week. Then I uh, was up two points with Rondale Moore left to go. And he got hurt the first play of the game. I mean, I was, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Yeah, that was the one that we <laughs> talked about last week. Mason and I were kind of ragging yeah. on you a little bit. Yeah, I was about down how two points. All you needed was a couple points. And if... And somebody, you left somebody on the bench, too, that probably would have just sealed it for you. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't get it. Unfortunately, you lost a, a few fractions mm-hmm. of a point and then on that past Ronald week, Moore injury. Past week, I was up against Josh Jacobs. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a very unlucky past four weeks. On top of it, the team that I'm fighting with for the last playoff seed won by 0.16 this past week so he, he's in the playoffs now so I need him to lose this week I need to win the week as well and then I need to win out for the rest of the year so and I I've, I've looked at the schedule and he's definitely going to win week 14 so okay this week is the matchup so bold uh, big, statement there every one of his Allen. players can get hurt yeah we'll see we'll <laughs> see what happens I feel like I feel like luck's on my side I've been praying to the fantasy gods a whole lot um I feel like I'm due so Next week, I'll either be in a great mood or a very bad mood, judging on what happens. Yeah, for the most part, the leagues that I really do care about, I am uh, either fully in the playoff picture, getting a bye, or I have a pretty solid chance of sneaking into the playoffs in the back end. I think the a couple, I mean, the, I'm in two Megala Bowls, mm-hmm. and uh, not going to make it in either of those, because it's a steep curve to get into the playoffs for the Megalobowl 
it starts in week 15 and you have to be top three in your league. Um, I was looking at the standings and I mean, with that, I think, oh man, I can't remember what the total amount of people that make the playoffs is. It's not a lot, but I would have been in like the top 800 or 600 or something with one of the points scored, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm like fifth. So tough luck for me. Yeah. So it goes sometimes. And a disclaimer, I did not cheat and get into two Megala Bowls. And when you have connections with the fantasy footballers, they might they come calling if they need a replacement for someone who is inactive. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't cheat to get into that. I don't know if I'm like outing myself by saying that I'm in two, but no. don't ban me. Don't report me. I know Ray. <laughs> All right. Um but man, what do I need? Like in terms of this week, I guess I just start caring about the ones that I really need wins for. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I need uh, Deontay Johnson to finally score a touchdown. Yeah, he's my good, flex receiver. Good luck with that. Uh, I've got DeAndre Hopkins on bye. I've got Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean I'm third in points scored, and on the outside looking in of the playoff picture. And uh, I got Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. I mean, I had Najee. I benched Najee the day that he got hurt. I, mm. I mean, I didn't even – because I put in Rashad White and Saquon Barkley were my running backs. Nice. And so, I mean, I feel like my roster is really good and just some bad matchup luck. I lost this week because of Josh Jacobs. I lost by three points. Mm-hmm. That's brutal. If I lost by three points and Josh yeah. Jacobs had like 45, yeah, that's such tough luck. Because if he had I'd just scored get blown a out. normal amount, like f- yeah. even if he scored 40, I would have won. Terrible and that's feeling. just absurdly bad luck. All right, well, since um, I want to pivot a little bit, we're going to do dogs and logs from week 12. We usually do one each. However, pending the arrival of Joe Mason, I think we'll, we'll cover his too so that we have six total. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give me, I mean, this is a homer pick, but what was your... Your dog all, for week It's 12. always a homer pick. And, uh, you know, after this past week, what am I going to do? Am I not going to pick Mike White? The jet of the week. Yeah. You know, Zach Wilson, uh, my condolences. I had your back for a very long time. I was hoping for the best. I wrote an article about you last year, hoping, you know, I, I know you have arm talent somewhere. But um, the attitude after the the past loss that he had where he wasn't taking any accountability um lost a locker room i no longer really have any sympathy for him and i'm i'm all in on mike white uh he's 27 <laughs> years young just like myself i uh i was joking around about that about how like uh you know you, you like i feel like 27 is pretty young and then like right. in dynasty we're like oh no that's the uh that's the, that's the graveyard cliff. of running backs <laughs> so cut bait but anyway mike white was a qb6 this past week uh, he went 22 of 28, and the 22 completions is more than Zach Wilson has had the entire year. Uh, he threw for 315 yards with three touchdowns. Two of them went to Garrett Wilson, who was the wide receiver two on the week and half PPR. And he also supported Elijah Moore, who we haven't seen the entire year. Um, <laughs> he was the wide receiver 23. Which is a the, trap, but like, yeah, good for him. Yeah, trap. I, I would not start him. <laughs> He's got two but, catches. <laughs> He was a wide receiver 23 on the week and half PPR. And that was the first time that he's cracked the top 40 this season. Um, you know, Mike White came onto the scene with that massive game against the Bengals last season, a uh, historic game with, a, you know, over 400 yards uh, passing. 
But then he followed it up with two really bad games, uh, a lot of interceptions. So all eyes are on him um, because we've already seen him have a massing outing like he just did and then follow it up with four outings. So, you know, I'm I'm not too nervous if I had to start him against Minnesota this week. It's a pretty good matchup. Minnesota is going to score points, even though the Jets defense is good. So he's going to be forced to throw the ball and keep up with them. And, uh, you know, the the best part about Mike White is he's going to support Garrett Wilson. Uh, The breakout rookie campaign is – that was put on hold because of Zach Wilson is now continuing. And, uh, you know, Elijah Moore is Elijah Moore. I wouldn't really look into him, but like Tyler Conklin becomes interesting again. It's just the whole offense becomes interesting again, where with Zach Wilson, you couldn't start anybody. So um, I'm excited that we won. And then I'm very excited for the fantasy assets moving forward. What What is your confidence level, level like one through 10? that Mike White can, like, put up this level of production. I mean, like, teams are going to get more film on him. They'll mm-hmm. catch his tendencies. They'll be able to prepare for him more thoroughly. Yeah. I mean, is this, like – I mean, I don't think it's necessarily sustainable. I think last week we saw what Mike White's best game is going to be. And I think that he'll definitely be better than Zach Wilson. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we're hitting the playoffs. If you yeah. have to put your faith – of carrying your fantasy team either in a must-win situation or in the playoffs, like the stones you'd have to have to put Mike White in your playoff lineup are incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. Because presumably um, it's not like you're you're replacing Zach Wilson with Mike White. Nobody was putting Zach Wilson in their lineup. And so that means presumably you made the playoffs with a good quarterback. We don't have any major injuries right now to the, the top guys. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're I mean, like rolling. Would with you like bench Russell Lamar Wilson. Jackson for Mike White right now? Because Lamar Jackson's not been great. I don't think I could. But yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm getting yeah, at. Like th- this week, given the matchups, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. Uh, but like you know, like let's say because there are teams out there that are rolling out with like uh, Russell Wilson or Derek Carr as their QB. Um, I mean, are I'd they have, in the playoffs? Probably not. But you never <laughs> know. Maybe the rest of their team is stacked. Yeah. I know, I know a team. It's not one of mine, but I do know a team that has Derek Carr as their quarterback, and the rest okay. of the team phenomenal. They have like Travis Kelsey, and then they're yeah. stacked at every other position. Um, yeah, Derek like, Carr hasn't sunk you. I'm looking at the stats right now. He's been yeah. a QB one three out of the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. But I'd be fine going like Mike White over like a Carr or like a Russell Wilson for sure. Yeah. So. I mean, Tom Brady. If somehow you're in the playoff hunt. With Tom Brady, who has been not a QB1 since week five in four-point touchdown scoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you benching Brady for Mike White? Um, I'd be – it's pretty much on par. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Brady's last six weeks, he's been a QB2. He yeah. has not cracked the top 12. Again, this is four-point touchdown scoring, which I think mm-hmm. is honestly – uh, at least 50-50, but probably the more common scoring. I would say definitely, yeah, four point. Because it's the standard. It's like the default setting on most like regular platforms. I think sleepers. Yeah. I would say more people play with six touchdown, mm-hmm. six point touchdown. But even with that said, if it was six point, like Brady's been allergic to passing for touchdowns yeah. this year yeah. anyway, so it wouldn't make too much of a difference. And he, it's not like he he has no rushing upside. No. Neither does Mike White. He's though. probably better in six-point touchdowns because I mean, 
there's no advantage to the rushing touchdowns that Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray or Josh Allen are getting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, Lamar Jackson's not getting them. Nope. Right now. What did I see? It was like weeks one through three, he had like 12 touchdowns or something. And then weeks four through 12, he has like 12 or something. It's mm-hmm. like the same amount. I'm not a victory lapper, but I'm feeling pretty nice about trading him for those uh, three first-rounders. Yeah, I think I would feel pretty good about that as well. And it's not like you're out of the hunt either. You're ahead of me me in the standings, which is I've had some tough quarterback luck. Yeah, I'm trying to sneak into the bye week. We'll see. I I don't know if that's happening. But anyway, my dog, my first dog this week is – Justin Herbert, he finally did it. We've been waiting and waiting and putting him in our lineups, and he got Keenan Allen back. He had Mike Williams for about a drive or whatever the week before. Mm -hmm. He was out this week, but he's really been able to put things together with Eckler, Carter, and now Allen back. A little bit of Everett sprinkled in there, and it just makes me feel so much better about him heading into the playoffs that Justin Herbert has put together a performance that he's able like he's capable of doing um and so like i was nervous about justin herbert the last i mean four five weeks because he's just really not put together any kind of inspiring performances this week he put up 28.76 in in the four point touchdown scoring multiple touchdown passes and so now i just I feel a lot better mentally having Justin Herbert as my QB one. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. Uh, we got we got like the vintage Herbert that we've grown accustomed to those last two seasons. So, uh, yeah. You know, with the rib injury, he's obviously getting healthier, as his pass catchers are. I think. Um, you know, Mike Williams is a great receiver when healthy, but uh, I think Keenan Allen's his dude. So. Having both of them getting healthy is going to be huge for him in the uh, playoff stretch for fantasy. Yeah, this was his first top five performance among quarterbacks since week one. Jeez. So it, he was, it was due. He, it was a long time coming, but we got the performance that we came to expect from Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Do you have another dog for me this week? I'm trying to look. Um, you pick one, and I'll talk about him. All right, let's see. Um, I mean, Josh Jacobs is obvious. Well, yes, yes, obviously. He's the number one total yeah. scoring running back right now in the season thanks to that 45-point performance. Yeah. Start him. Um, how about James Conner? Yeah, James Conner's been really interesting. Uh, let me just pull something up. I'm not, but, I'm gonna, uh, I refuse to talk about Brian Robinson, by the way. Yeah, me too. That should have been uh, <laughs> where, where Antonio Gibson truthers on the show. But, uh, yeah, so James Conner, you know, we saw him with all the touchdown luck last year, and then it's, it's been a little bit of, of an upsetting season. Um, he actually scored his first receiving touchdown of the entire year um, this past week. And on top of it, we saw him um, have his most carries on the season with 25, um, and then 120 yards on the ground and then he caught all three of his targets for 20 yards and um you know they they have the uh bye week in week 13 which really sucks and then their schedule gets really really hard so they get new england yeah, i'm looking and at denver it. and then tampa bay 
And then if you somehow make it to the championship, you get yeah, you start them up. That, <laughs> you get rewarded with Atlanta. But um, you know, th- their season's been all over the place. They've had so many injuries, so many issues. I haven't gotten a chance to uh, peep the hard knocks in season that they have going on. But uh, Clint- Cliff Kingsbury led offense. I'm not, I'm not too into it. Uh, Kyler's been a little bit all over the place. Um, you know, you have Hopkins there, and then. Them not having a slot receiver currently with Dorch and Rondale Moore both been out. I think that's why James Conner has been a lot better because he's, he's a lot more important to the offense. But if they do get healthier, um, obviously Zach Ertz is out for the year, which uh, creates some targets. But if, if Dorch or Rondale Moore get back into the fold in these tough matchups, I think he's going to come back to earth a little bit. But um, it's been, it's been good to see – James Conner playing at a high level again. Um, I've always been a big fan. You know, he has he has that great story uh, coming back from cancer and everything. But um, yeah, for for the push to the playoffs, I don't love the schedule for him. So uh, it was a great week, but I wouldn't expect it too much the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was not really big into James Conner coming in, and I mean, nope. I kind of got bailed out a little bit with some injuries. But he's coming. He should come on strong towards the end of the season and I think even though those are tough matchups on the ground he does have that the receiving upside to help you at least get that floor I did want to touch upon Josh Jacobs because Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us saw him being this good I was pretty high on him I mean but not in my not in our rankings which is really I I never curse on the podcast but that was the first one but um I didn't even hear you yeah a little s-bomb okay but uh hopefully (laughs) I apologize to all the young viewers, but um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I drafted him to the dynasty team. I, I, I took him in a lot of leagues this year, but uh, right before the season, I got a little bit of cold feet on him, admittedly. But uh, I was thinking he was going to have more of like a Damian Harris type year last year, where the offense was good and efficient, so he was rewarded with all the touchdowns. So that's that was kind of my allure to Josh Jacobs, thinking that he would just have a lot of touchdowns because I expected the offense to be better. But the offense isn't that good, and he's just been playing amazing. So my predictions yeah. kind of are way off in that department. I think where where I wasn't too high was like we we kind of thought we knew what he was. Where I mean, last year he had like he basically never finished outside the top thirty six and was mostly a top twenty four running back every single week. Mm-hmm. But he was only in the top 12 three times last year, which one of them was week 18 when he was top five, and that was irrelevant. So mm-hmm. for games that mattered, he was only in the top 12 twice. How many times do you think he's been in the top 12 this year? Five times? Close. It was six. Okay. And four of those have been in the top five. And wow. so like, it used to be, okay, lock and loaded he's a rb2 throw him in your lineup but now he's like a bona fide top five option with mm-hmm. the potential to be the number one running back on the week every week that he steps on the field and with that has come a i mean Devonta adams has been good but not great mm-hmm. and so i think that a lot of the production that we expected Devonta adams to scoop up in the passing game has gone on the ground to josh jacobs mm-hmm. and good for him it makes it's contract you year yeah it makes i'm you glad wonder. I root for guys. Where he's going to go in yeah. uh, fantasy drafts next year for redraft. Yeah, I think that he's still going to have like a deflated value because, uh, I mean, we'll know where he is 
to start mm-hmm. the draft next season, what team he's on. Mm-hmm. I would guess that the Raiders will probably strongly consider bringing him back. Whether that he wants to be back is the question. Yeah. Because, I mean, they declined his option. That mm-hmm. might leave a sour taste in his mouth. Go elsewhere, greener pastures. But I, I just, I no team really jumps out at me as like, oh, they should go out and get Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Maybe the Bills. How cool that would, would that be? Interesting. be? I don't know if I would love that for his fantasy value. Yeah. Kind of one of those, you know, we've seen it many times with the Bills where yeah. a running back goes there and we're just assuming that they're going to be good because the offense is. But they never have a big guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's I what they like need. They never have heavy running backs. But anyway, uh, so my next dog, I got to pick one. And it's going to be, shoot, I just want to talk about the tight ends in general mm-hmm. and how the position continues to be an enigma. Because let me run through the top 12 tight ends for you in week 12. And uh, Mason's list is a little bit off, so I got my own. Uh, Schultz was number one, followed by, can you guess? Well, actually, you've probably seen it. Josh Oliver. Yeah, from the Ravens. From the Ravens. Hunter Henry, who, like, okay, all of a sudden he decides to show up. Mm -hmm. Jelani Woods, who, I mean, he's, believe it or not, that was his third top 12 week. The usual suspect, Travis Kelsey. Hawkinson, who's been top 12 in four out of the last five weeks. Jordan Akins, how many top twelve weeks do you think Jordan Akins has? Three. It was his fourth. Jeez. Believe it or not. But yeah, I, mean, I remember ha- a little bit early on. He never has had one two in a row. Mm-mm. Uh, David and Joku, also his fourth in the same amount of games as Jordan Akins. Yeah, he was bailed out by that awesome touchdown to send it yeah. to overtime. Foster Moreau, two out of the last three weeks, is top twelve. Mm-hmm. Jeez, is his name John Bates? I can't even remember his first name. Sounds right. First time all season being relevant, score a touchdown. Mark Andrews snuck into the top 12. And then Hayden Hurst getting his third top 12 performance on the season mm-hmm. with 8.7 points. Just what we And thought. so those are all your dogs at tight end. And the more you think you know each week, the the less you know. Because, I mean, here's some guys that you started pretty much guaranteed. Uh, let's see. Jawan Johnson, who had been a top option three straight weeks, mm-hmm. he had zero. Tyler Higby, I mean, they had the quarterback change, but he had been a top 12 guy six weeks, zero points. Mike Kosicki, I mean, I don't. hopefully you're not starting him at this point, mm-hmm. also zero. Cade Otten, zero Jonu Smith, believe it or not, was a top 12 option the previous week. Zero. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a rough time out there. What did Greg Dulcich have? Let's see. Not much. Did he have a touchdown callback? I'm not. I mean, I said I was going to watch that game, but I didn't. Uh, he had 2.1 points. So after having three top 12 weeks before the bye, he has put together weeks of 1.6, 5, and 2.1 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dawson Knox had 2.7 on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Taysom Hill continues to put up duds. George Kittle had 4.1. Yeah, he's a roller coaster. Cole Komet, after those three games in a row where he was a stud, 5 and 4.2 points. Mm-hmm. So, like, good luck, sirs and gals. 
picking your tight end each week. Fryermuth was a bust. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean. There's very few, very few names you feel comfortable starting right now. Travis Kelsey's the only answer. Yeah. Because even Mark, though yeah, Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews has been top 12 the last two weeks, it's been yeah. under 10 points. The yeah, threshold is so low. No, you, you drafted him to be week two and three Mark Andrews when he had over 20. Mm-hmm. Not tight end 11 Mark Andrews with nine. Well, if you combined Oliver's score with his, you're pretty happy. So maybe, maybe yeah. Lamar should uh should look Mark Andrews' way a little bit more. Yeah. Good grief. Riddle. Let's talk. We talk. I mean, I I covered plenty of logs about tight ends, but yeah, who was your log this week? Yeah, so I was talking about how Tom Brady hasn't been throwing touchdowns. You know, he's been throwing at a historic pace for yards, but and attempts. But um, yeah. So Mike Evans. Um, it's been a little brutal the last couple weeks. Uh, he, he had some good weeks early on in the season, but, uh, he hasn't had more than 55 yards in the last three games. And on top of that, he has not scored a touchdown since week four and Mike Evans, you know, when you're drafting this guy, I don't know if it was eight seasons in a row that he tied Randy Moss for like, uh, the most like a thousand yard and 10 touchdown. I know it was just a thousand yard seasons in a row. I don't know if it was a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns confusing the stat but i know I mean, he, he definitely has a thousand yards every year yeah i'm not sure about had, the double digit no, touchdowns i remember he had three touchdowns like in his early season that stopped the consecutive but um you know like the last two years he's had 13 and then 14 touchdowns so you, going into this year there was really no reason to think that you wouldn't have 10 touchdowns again and then you look at his touchdown total going into week 13 and he has three touchdowns do you know who that's the same as? I was just looking for random names out there when I was pulling these stats. He has the same um, amount as hmm. receiving touch. Nah, this is way too random for you to just I mean, guess. Quez Watkins probably has three at this point. Yeah, this is even worse. He has the same amount of receiving touchdowns as Jamal Agnew Man. on the Jaguars. How many does Dante Pettis have? Probably around the same because <laughs> it's not much. Three touchdowns out of Mike Evans, big Mike. You're expecting more. Um. On, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried. He goes into – he has some games where he kind of disappears. Um, in week seven and eight prior, he had 96 and then 123 yards. So if you had a touchdown on top of that, because he is a huge touchdown target on those fade routes, uh, he's going to be very successful. Um, even in this past week, he had nine targets. Um, he didn't catch many of them. But Brady just really hasn't been giving him catchable balls, and I don't think that that's something that's going to continue. So I think the two are going to get it right, and better days are ahead. Um, if you have him on your team, you're just going to continue to start him. He historically is not good against the, against the Saints, but uh, Lattimore's banged up. I don't know what his practice schedule is like this week, but um, if Lattimore is out, then I think he's going to tear apart the Saints and uh, just get some revenge on that team. If Lattimore's in, I am a little scared, but I'm starting him anyway. You know, he's he's Mike Evans. He's a fantastic receiver. But, um, yeah, the last three weeks have been very head-scratching, and the touchdown total on the season has been even more head-scratching. So it's been a little bit of a weird year for him. All right, there's Joe Belner's log this week. My log is Donovan Peoples-Jones of the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. It is fitting that I chose a Browns player for my log of the week. Donovan Peoples-Jones is coming off his best game of the season and then he laid an egg. He had a disappointing two for four, two catches for on four targets for 16 yards, no touchdowns. 
And he was out-targeted by David Bell, the rookie, mm-hmm. which is not what you want to see from a guy who you were growing in confidence with. And so Donovan Peoples-Jones, don't really know what to expect from him, but I think that he might get a bump with Deshaun Watson coming back this week, his first game back. Although, if you look at the practice footage, I don't know if you saw that. No. Deshaun Watson, throw, like, I mean, he throws the, the ball pretty quick. Yeah. And they were just, like, bouncing off guys' hands. It was like they're not adjusted to the amount of velocity yeah. on the passes the that Kobe Deshaun Brissette, Watson throws. throws those floaters. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see the uh, first game with Deshaun Watson to see if the Browns receivers can catch the balls he's throwing. Um, but Donovan Peoples-Jones goes deep on passes, and Deshaun Watson can throw it deep. So I think better days are ahead for Donovan Peoples-Jones. But in this one, he was my log of the week. And uh, he might have lost you a matchup if you needed some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, ha- I had him in a, in a league. Luckily, I won, but um, I was expecting much more. And I am very excited with Deshaun Watson, um, just based on the style of play, like you were saying. He loves throwing the deep ball. EPJ is fast, and he's big, and I think he's only 23 years old. So um, I'm very excited for this move at quarterback. Um, and I would start him against Houston this week, even after the rough week, just off the chance that, uh, you know, Watson comes out hot in this revenge game in his first game of the season. And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it really? Can you really? Maybe in his mind, but any any time a really player a plays his old team, <laughs> any any time a player plays his old team, it's a revenge game. Even though everything's all his fault. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what revenge can you really vow on the Brown? I mean, the uh, the Texans. Who knows? In his mind, yeah. probably. All right, so uh, I think that's enough logs. We've mm-hmm. talked enough about those, but I'm going to give you my rabbit pooper of the week, and that is Curtis Samuel of the Washington Commies. He has had one top 12 week since week two when everyone scrambled to go out and get him. He was looking real good, Carson Wentz. He has those design plays out of the backfield, getting some rushing attempts, catching it over the middle, getting touchdowns. Uh, 7.72 points per game in the last 10 weeks. Not a small sample size. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the fantasy season, he's scoring under eight half PPR points a game. And five out of those 10 weeks since week two have been outside of the top 36 at the position. So you're working at a 50% rate the last 10 weeks that he's even going to be a wide receiver three or better. Unstartable. I mean, he's droppable to me at this point. Mm-hmm. You can't have any confidence with him with Taylor Heineke being the starter for the near future. And what we've been talking about since the beginning of the show is like, these are make or break times. You have to be confident in the guys you're starting. If you're, if you're projected to lose by a ton, okay, make some risky calls. But I mean, Curtis Samuel's not in your mind for starting in a must win situation. Nope. And it's it, a good rabbit pooper. Really. Yeah. And then my honorable mention, it's really a smaller sample size, but it's trending in the wrong direction. Damian Pierce, mm-hmm. my arch nemesis in fantasy football, is was RB55 in Week 12. As Mason puts it, my wishes have come true for fantasy. No, no hard feelings with him in real life. But yep. uh, nine and a half points per game last six weeks post-buy, which is not terrible 
However, Ian Hart has pointed out on Twitter that in his last eight quarters of football, he has 15 carries for 16 yards. Oof. And that Can, stat I alone. To, uh, I need him to continue it this week. That stat alone qualifies him to be a potential rabbit pooper of the week. Yeah. He's playing Cleveland this week, which is kind of a great matchup on paper. And he's on that juggernaut team that I am facing a needle win that I talked about earlier in the, at the beginning of the show. And I am absolutely terrified that he's just going to snap out of it because that seems to always happen given my luck in that league. So Damian Pierce, if you're listening, one more bad game. I beg of you. Yeah. I mean, I hopefully he just keeps doing bad. So it proves my point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> average Joe champion of the week. Which means he scored less than you and I sitting on our couches. Skylar Thompson, who came in and mop up duty for the Dolphins, went mm-hmm. one of five passing for six yards, six carries for five yards, and he had a fumble. And that was almost 30% of the snaps. So it's not like a one hit wonder, like, oh, he got one carry and then he fumbled and he had negative points. No, the dude was in there for a, quite a bit, over a quarter of the game, and he m- couldn't even muster positive points. He's the quarterback, so, yeah. Scott yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. So he came in for uh, Tua and was terrible. I mean, they didn't need him. They were blowing them out. But regardless, negative points for Skylar Thompson. God bless you. If I, I wonder what his Scott Fishbowl points would have been. Mm-hmm. It really goes to <laughs> so hey, many negative. When you see a guy like Skylar Thompson come in and, like, uh, you know, be so terrible. Once he, once he gets a small sample size of an opportunity in the game, it really goes to show you how hard it is to be a quarterback in the NFL. Because Skyward Thompson, like, you know, growing up in high school and college, he was probably the man. And, like, you know, I don't, I don't know where he went to school, but he was, you know, NFL talent. So his entire life, he was probably a, a great, great player. And then you go oh, to yeah. the NFL, you come into the game, and you can't even have a positive fantasy point. You can't do anything on the field, so it must. I don't even want to know what it's like to take an NFL snap at quarterback. Right. I mean, a couple. Let's see. Towards the beginning of the college season, that guy came in. Did you see that video of a close up of the the quarterback's hands? He no. was He was under center. He was in shotgun, and his his hands were just trembling. Yeah, That'd be me. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be me too. The adrenaline just kicks in. Even if yeah. you're not nervous, your body is just like an overdrive. Yeah. I don't know how they can like keep their hands steady. You look up, you see situation. Aaron Donald. You see Aaron Donald just looking at you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine, like, like, you ever get in one of those situations in traffic where someone always, almost hits you, and then, like, your whole body just, like, reacts. Uh, shakes, yeah. It's and, like, you're, feeling. like, shaking so yep. much, and, like, everything in your body just firing off. You got all this yeah. adrenaline pumping. I have to imagine that that's what it feels like to start an NFL game. The entire time you're out there, you just you the entire time. Feeling. I almost appreciate that feeling in the morning because I'm so tired driving to work. Right. That if I do get that feeling, it wakes me up a little bit. Every I, sense <laughs> is heightened. I'm not a fan of it. No. And then you start questioning all your life decisions about, oh man, what if that would have happened? Everything. All. Yeah. I mean, then you're thinking about you throw an interception. Yep. Just in your head. It's over. God bless them. All right. So. Let's do some start sits. I thought we would have had Mason by now, but apparently yeah, he's working hard. That dude is working hard, making the big bucks. 
So you want, you want to hop into the ones for this week first, or you want to go over? Uh... Well, we didn't have uh, start sits last week because uh, you weren't here. True, true, true. <laughs> so we have none to recap. We apologize, but you guys were probably enjoying your Thanksgivings anyway. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to include some of the uh, players that are in tonight's game as well. Because uh, we didn't get a crazy amount of questions like usual. And uh, we'll get that instant gratification of being right or wrong. So uh, the first one is from JG. He's saying pick two out of Jacoby Myers, Gabe Davis, Pat Fryermuth, and Devin Singletary. Um, he didn't say if it was PPR, so I'm going to assume it's half PPR. And I would be going Jacoby and Gabe Davis. The other two are Fryermuth and Singletary. Hmm, yeah. I mean, I want the upside of the ceiling game, and that's Davis, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is a flex, presumably, because you got Fryermuth and Singletary as options. Mm -hmm. Myers, I'm assuming, has been made active. Yeah. I no, haven't seen an active yet for tonight. That way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't love Singletary against the Patriots defense, so fire up Myers. The secondary for the Bills has been susceptible recently. So, yeah, I'll go with the first two. Nice. All right. Um, PPR. This is from uh, Fantasy Burner, by the way. Okay, so PPR. He's uh, either go a banged up Jacoby tonight or play Josh Palmer or Elijah Moore. Um, <laughs> you know, s similar scenario, but... Uh, I'm probably going a banged up Jacoby out of those three. With Josh I Palmer being want next. Palmer. Cause Mike Williams isn't back. Yeah, he didn't practice today. I, think, I would be tempted to do yeah. Josh Palmer, but I just think Jacoby's much more important to that offense, and they're gonna be having to keep up with the Bills and the Bills defense is depleted. So that's Okay, I mean reason. I like Jacoby Myers. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, to be honest, but Eileen Palmer, if I had to pick, who's going to have a better game? Cool. All right, the next one is uh, another one from tonight's game. Would you go Gabe Davis or Traylon Burks? Um, you know, I've been loving what I'm seeing from Traylon, and in every, every other week I might actually go Traylon here just because um, Gabe Davis is the definition of boomer bust. He's like the reincarnation, but worst version of Mike Williams. But, um, you know, it's – I'm looking at the quarterbacks in this situation. Yeah. And you have Josh Allen throwing the ball to Gabe Davis, and then you have Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball to Traylon Burks. And Traylon – they both have tough matchups because um, the Bills are playing the Pats tonight, and then Traylon Burks gets the stout Eagles defense. Um, which usually I would be more concerned about, but he's going to get plenty of time like working over the middle. Yeah. And the Eagles slot corner, Avante Maddox has been hurt. Mm -hmm. And so Josiah Scott has been there. I mean, no. Yeah, I think his last name is Scott. But uh, he's been susceptible. So It's a I, tough one. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to go, and I it's going to be Davis for – a couple of reasons. The first is that he plays the vast majority of snaps in a passing offense. Mm -hmm. And the counterpoint to that is Burks has been playing more snaps, but that is a rush for running first offense. 
Yep. I mean, the last three weeks since he got back from injury, 56%, 50%, 67% snaps in a low-passing volume offense. Mm-hmm. When he is playing, he gets the targets. Dude's getting the targets. He had 111 yards in Week 11, 70 yards in Week 12. But you take away that touchdown that he fell on after Derrick Henry fumbled, and he had under 10 points. So I go Davis because he's on the field about 90% of the snaps in a Josh Allen-led offense. Yep, even if he's just sprinting out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Go and for, all go it takes for, is one play. Go for I guess the you could play. say that the same thing about Burks. He's a big play receiver too, but, yeah, yeah. if you need a win, you want a guy who can – win you the week, mm-hmm. not just make you competitive. And, man, the psychological aspect could go so, like, both ways. Because yep. if Davis drops a dud, you're just kicking yourself until Sunday when yep. you're waiting how Burks does. Versus if he crushes it, then you're riding high the next three days. So pick your poison there. But I, I, yeah, I, would, I would shoot for the stars with Davis. All right, next question. Uh, we're finally out of Thursday night game um this is from alberto bm he is saying if michael carter does not start would you go zonovan bam knight over etn and the answer to that question is no i would go etn well what's the reports on etn what's he looking at there's I mean, still it looks saying, like he was cleared yeah, let's just assume that he's playing and they're not yeah i go about, etn yeah. all right and if if they rule him out then i would go bam knight Right, I mean, (laughs) those are your options. All right, next question is from your boy Jay. Big fan of the show. Thank you. Um, He's asking, Michael Pittman or Devontae Smith, half PPR? We might have different answers here. Um, Also, don't know who to start between the 49ers and Jets defense. Both have tough matchups. Um, I would first go Michael Pittman over Smith. I could see Smith having a good game but um i would say he has a tougher tougher matchup i mean the titans can be beat obviously so it's not like the worst matchup ever um you know it's it's just really is it going to be an aj brown game or uh we've seen Devonte smith kind of out of the fold before many times this season he's been a little boomer bust and i just think michael pittman's really essential to the offense so that would make me lean michael pittman what about you Man, that is a good question. They're very different wide receivers. Pittman's going to go up and get one. Smith is very difficult to cover one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not going to come down with a jump ball in the end zone. But obviously the Eagles' offense is much better than the Colts right now. Yeah, 100%. So I'm very torn. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. And it's because of the pressure that Matt Ryan is going to be under against Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't have faith that they're going to be able to give him clean time in the pocket. And I don't have confidence that Matt Ryan can produce without a clean pocket. Yeah. He's under pressure. I don't think he's going to be good. I think it's going to be a nightmare of a game for that Colts offense. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. And then for the defenses, he was asking 49ers or Jets. Um, Both ones I would are probably tough. lean. I mean, the 49ers defense is better than the Jets, probably, even though I, I do think the Jets defense is very good this year. Um, I would probably lean the Jets just because 
the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, but they don't have like the Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle guys that could just like literally like catch catch it and just go. Like Justin Jefferson could do that, but he does. It's not the same level of uh, just like unreal amounts of speed. And I think Kirk Cousins is probably more susceptible to the like high interception game. Um, I was expecting it last yeah. week, but uh, he he ended up being great. But if I had to pick who I would think would have more turnovers between Tua and uh, Kirk, it would probably be Kirk. I definitely agree with the turnovers. The only the thing that would make the 49ers equal in my mind is that I think they have a higher sack potential and a lower yes. turnover potential. The yeah. Jets have a lower sack and higher turnover potential. The turnovers are what get you the touchdowns, which, I mean, you can't predict defensive touchdowns. It's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the 49ers are a better defense, like, as a unit. Yeah. But I really don't want to put my defense against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. So and for I, that, yeah. I, and, lean, uh, the I lean the Jets because of recency bias of, I mean, the Patriots crushed them and shut them out. Yeah. I mean, they didn't – well. They scored three, but they shut them down offensively, mm-hmm. and nobody's really shut down Miami recently. However, I mean, I'm jumping the shark a little bit because the 49ers game is my matchup of the week. Yeah, so we won't talk too much about so it. So I'm, I'll pick the Jets, but I think either of them you could survive. I don't mm-hmm. want to start any of them particularly, but I am holding on to the 49ers defense because their playoff matchups are pretty solid, but Absolutely. I'll talk about that. Yep. All right, we got three more. Uh, this one's from Bobby White. He is asking Cortland Sutton or Zay Jones this week. Uh, we're going to assume this is half PPR. You know, I'd actually go Zay Jones. Um, yep. It's pretty close because, like, looking at the Jaguars receivers, like, pe- people are really high on Zay Jones after the, the huge game last week, and he's gotten a ton of targets recently. But I'm still, like, a Christian Kirk guy. Um, I think Christian Kirk could easily have the huge game that people are hoping Zay Jones has against Detroit. I think Zay Jones is going to be more than good this week, though. Um, I think he's going to get plenty of targets again. And I, you know, I've loved what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence. Um, that drive to win the game was unbelievable. Um, I was super high on him coming out of Clemson, and then you know we we saw what happened last year with the coaching, and now he has Doug Peterson. And, you know, that whole locker room seems to be coming together with Doug Peterson there. So, um, yeah, I think I think great days ahead for that offense. And, um, yeah, I, I would go Zay Jones over Cortland Sutton just because that offense is a whole other story of bad. Yeah, so. I would go Zay Jones as well. He did all – he was top five without a touchdown last week. Sutton's quietly been okay. Yeah. I mean, hovering around 10 the last three weeks. If they were to score touchdowns, and right. he would probably be the one that does it. Cause right, I mean, what you missed last game. week with Mason was that we talked about the guy on TikTok who uh, does updates about the touchdowns compared to how many bathrooms Russell Wilson oh, yeah, has yeah, in his seen, house. I don't have TikTok, but I've seen it on Twitter. Yeah, that's what, the TikTok on Twitter. Uh, so I had to endorse my hatred. There's still four. He's still four touchdowns behind his bathrooms, yeah. and I don't. I mean, Cortland Sutton has one touchdown all season. And, uh, I mean, you can't feel great about starting anyone in the Denver offense. Yeah. They're playing Baltimore this week in Baltimore. I expect more of the same. Start up Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. 
you see the report like it, it was a really stupid report in my opinion like they shouldn't be reporting on stuff like this but they're saying sierra uh threw russell wilson a birthday party because his birthday was just the other day apparently only half of the team showed up or something and then they had that video of uh i don't know if it was an offensive lineman or guy on defense <laughs> but he was a big guy and uh, he was he was he was screaming at uh, Russ on the sidelines. Oh right, right. And yeah, the coach so just was like ignoring it. They just they have to get rid of Hackett, and I can't believe it hasn't been done yet. Because yeah, it's just bad energy. Like we we were just talking about the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville, and now things seem to be better. You couldn't have a worse rookie season than Trevor Lawrence did last year. Um, and we've seen Russ be good. I just I think they need to change the energy there. Get rid of Hackett and. Uh, Hopefully they get someone with, you know, a competent play caller at the very least. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they need to change things up. But I'll get oh, to We got these. one more? Yeah, we two got more? two more. So we got Austin Morgan is asking. So th- this I wanted to touch on. Um, he's asking about Jamar Chase. But let's, let's do that when I talk about the Kansas City and Cincinnati game. So the last question is from, I believe you pronounce it, Rashalu. And he's saying, hey, Joe non-PPR, would you start Pollard or Rashad White? So this is a very interesting question to me, actually, because, you know, we have Zeke back. We've already seen that. But then uh, Leonard Fournette was actually uh, ruled healthy as of today. So he's definitely playing this week. Um, I loved what I saw from Rashad White last week. I don't know how Tampa Bay doesn't see – the production from last week versus what we've seen from Fournette and just go back to Fournette. Um, with that said, I think Pollard's the more electric player of the two. Um, maybe he does less in the passing work than uh, you would see from Rashad White. But Rashad White's going up against the Saints, and the Saints' run defense is pretty stout. Um, I think both are very, very startable. I would have no problem starting either option, but if I had to – pick of the two, I think I would be going Tony Pollard for the chance of that big play, 80-yard run that we've seen from him, even with Zeke back. Yeah, I agree. Pollard, for me, is a must-start at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's had RB number one performances. And, I mean, he had a down week last week, but you fire him up again. Who are they playing, the Cowboys? They're Um, playing the Colts. Yeah, so they're going to be running. Yeah. yeah, they're going to be running the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, so. you mentioned Tony Pollard like not getting as much passing game work as Rashad White, but I think he gets plenty. Yeah, he gets plenty. And I think he got like 18 carries last week or something. Was he there? It just wasn't the biggest yeah, Which game. was like probably what, what a career high. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. So, yeah, let's let's start Tony Pollard this week with confidence. Yeah. All righty. Uh, before we get into matchups of the week, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Mason. We did a draft last week head-to-head. Uh, where we pick players from the Thanksgiving games. He had uh, Jefferson, Lamb, Allen, Stevenson, Cook, Myers, Knox, and Buffalo defense. He put up a mediocre but effective 113 points from that that squad of players. I had Saquon, Diggs, Pollard, Hawkinson, St. Brown, Gabe Davis, Dak, and Dallas defense. And what really lost me the matchup was the quarterback uh, comparison, I had 101.84 points. So my quarterback had 16.84. His had 30.92. Do the math. That's how I lost. So props to Mason. He defeated me one-to-one. And uh, congrats. Hope we should definitely – uh, Well, first, congrats, Mason. 
even though you're not here right now. But uh, we should definitely do something like that again. I would love to get in on a, a little friendly competition. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you so could pick maybe, like maybe a handful week. of games. Or, you know what? I mean, they do drafts on Underdog where it's like these are, they do snake drafts. It's mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's DFS, but it's like a snake draft of people. You can do head to head. And then you just pick the players that you want in a snake draft and then see mm-hmm. how they do. I kind of prefer that. I mean, DFS is fun in its own way, but there's so much more to it with the the roster construction and the budgets and the salaries. And uh, that's beyond. I mean, I'm sure I could get good at it if I really put the time and effort in, but I don't really yeah. want to do that. Yeah, because I mean, the computers will beat you every time. Mm-hmm. And the guys with the huge, um, what's it called? Like wallets. They max end- entry 150 $25 entries in and then try to break even by just placing in the money. Yeah. But anyway, we're not going to get too much into DFS strategy. No. Uh, my matchup of the week this week is Miami at San Francisco. And the over-under is 46.5 with San Francisco favored by four. I actually thought that was like a little bit aggressive to favor San Francisco by four. I agree. It's the Mike McDaniel return. Mm-hmm. And so he definitely has knowledge of that team, uh, and Dolphins will have knowledge of the 49ers. 49ers will have knowledge of the Dolphins. It'll be interesting, but I'm not interested in it for the reason you might think, which is the offensive players. I'm interested in it because I want to see how that San Francisco defense does against a legitimate offense that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, San Francisco has been a defense I've been targeting as we prepare for the playoffs. If you don't have one of those like top defenses this season, like Dallas or Philadelphia, because uh, in weeks 15 through 17 they play Seattle, Washington, and Las Vegas, and Seattle is the toughest of those three to me uh, because Geno Smith has been competent at mm-hmm. like he's been good, uh, and so Seattle's been able to put up points, but I think that uh, this week is going to go a long way to figure out okay. Has San Francisco been playing bad teams and doing well, or are they really good defense heading into the fantasy playoffs? I lean towards thinking that they're a really good defense. They they run over the all over the field. They've got that one linebacker who I mean I don't know defensive players as much as offensive players obviously, but that guy's just been creating turnovers left and right. And so uh, I'm curious to see what happens against Miami. Uh, and finally, I mean, you want to know what CMC does. He's hurt his, he hurt his knee last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who's the main backup going to be? There's talks about Tevin Coleman being on the practice squad, being elevated, being the number two. Elijah Mitchell's out for a while. Like you've got Tyrion Davis-Price, who has been inactive, but that's because he doesn't do special teams. Jordan Mason got carries. I don't even, I really genuinely don't know who it's going to be. I don't, I don't either. Think, I don't think yeah. any of us – can really make a guess that is educated. It's just speculation. I've picked up uh, Tevin Coleman in every single league I'm in just because he's the cheapest option. And I like yeah. what the beat writer had to say because he's very cheap. So uh, how do you feel? Because, you know, the San Francisco run defense, I think they might be ranked first this year in the league. Um, how are you feeling about, like, Jeff Wilson – assuming that Raheem Mostert, I think, is going to be back. So how do you feel about those two running backs this week? Uh, I mean, I don't think I would bench them because I doubt that I have better options, but yeah. I don't feel great. It's a revenge great. game. It's a I don't revenge feel game great. That, yeah, that, that group of backfield. 
it's kind of like temper your expectations. And if you've got Jeff Wilson as your RB one or two, then maybe you have to pivot to a guy like Gabe Davis in the flex. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you would put him in the wide receiver. You would treat him as a flex, but make sure he's in your wide receiver slot tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're trying to offset like a mid middling projection f- for with some like big points. Yeah. Hopefully Wilson um, gets more targets this week and is involved in the passing game. Cause I think that would be his pathway to success against this defense. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely an exciting game. Um, the game that I picked is Kansas city at Cincinnati. Um, I think everybody is extremely excited about this one. Uh, two elite offenses, uh, two pretty decent defenses. Uh, it's a 53-point over-under, which is the highest of the week, with uh, Kansas City favored to win. And, uh, you know, we, we have two of the best young quarterbacks. Well, not too young with Mahomes, but uh, you have Burrow versus Mahomes, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, they're obviously two quarterbacks you're going to start. I don't see you starting too many quarterbacks over them. Uh, the must-starts are T. Higgins, Travis Kelsey, and Joe Mixon for me. But then also um, I would start Juju. I would start Boyd, Pacheco. Uh, Hayden Hurst has been good the last couple weeks. Um, and then desperation starts. You have Sky, uh, Sky Moore and Watson. Going back to the starters, though, I wanted to talk to you about Jamar Chase because I feel like that's an issue uh, situation that yeah. a lot of a lot of people I'm, – I'm happy <laughs> I don't have him in any leagues because I don't have to deal with it. But, uh, I'm happy that in the one that I have him, I'm 10-2, and two and I don't really care. Yes, that would be uh, <laughs> most preferable. But I feel like if you have Jamar Chase on your team, like you would need a really, really good option not to play him, even if he's only playing a few snaps. Because his, his, what he had to say, I think he said that he might not be on the field for the full amount this yeah. week. But he's feeling 100% in practices currently. Right. So he said he's not feeling uh, pain. So why? I mean, I'll give you real, real life examples. Yeah. Okay. I have him as my second flex. So, it, just sitting in my lineup, second flex. He's my fourth wide receiver in my lineup. My other options behind him are I could flex Gus Edwards. I could flex Michael Carter if for some reason he comes back that like he's a hundred percent and he's not on the injury report. Mm-hmm. I could flex Elijah Moore who did well last week, or I could flex Dawson Knox tonight. So I want to do in Knox reality, in I'm probably hit. putting Gus Edwards in my lineup. I'm going to be real. I have chase in there right now. His projections look good. Yeah. I'm probably going to put Gus Edwards in. I don't hate it. The matchups really tough, but uh, you know, Gus looked good last week. Besides a fumble, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, now like all these guys are just, popping up on the injury report. Washington Commanders running back Antonio Gibson was a DNP today. Yep. Yeah, I didn't love that. So I'm avoiding him this week. That so sucks. With Jamar, he's, you know, we we know what he can do. So if you have to throw him out, it's not the worst thing in the world if you want to bench him because you think you have a safer option. I, I think it's really matchup dependent. Um, each matchup is different in what you need from a player. Um who you're facing type of thing, who else you have in your lineup. So depending on that, that's how comfortable you're feeling on Jamar. But I'm somewhere, you know, like I'm fine starting him, but he definitely does have his red flags. And then uh, to finish up the fantasy preview for this matchup, uh, I would obviously not start any 
DST uh, because both quarterbacks are amazing. I guess if you wanted to start one of them, it would be the Bengals over the Chiefs. But if you have the Chiefs on your lineup or you see them on waivers, I would definitely scoop them because uh, if you look at the next four weeks, they get Denver next week, then Houston. Then they get Seattle, which is a little bit tougher. But then they get Denver again in week 17 if you make it to your championship. So the Chiefs are definitely uh, one of those defenses that I would be looking to scoop. Yeah. Um, along with uh, the Steelers have some good matchups. So that's a team that's a little underrated. Um, they have a good matchup this week, so they're probably taken. And then um, if you're looking at your waivers, I actually like the Titans a lot for week 16. So There you go. Yeah. So Hopefully you're one of those comfortable. Yeah, if you're listening to our podcast, hopefully you're one of those comfortable teams that's yeah. by, so you get to have the luxury of looking ahead. But uh, if not, I'm I say it all the time: you got to win now. Focus on every single week, and don't focus too much on the future if you need to win now. So I, w- I would go all in, and uh, hopefully week 13 is a good week for all of us, and hopefully I win my matchup and you win yours. Absolutely. So it doesn't feel right. To have the dynasty drop in without Joe Mason here, nah, so we'll afford, we'll forgo that uh, this week. We'll have a maybe we'll double it up next week some, with some more. Um, but while you were talking about your match of the week, I was switching Antonio Gibson into all my flexes and take him out of my RB two slot because the DMP on Thursday is no not good. good. That is not good, and that just has my brain gears turning real real bad. Very strategic of you. I mean, he's been, he's been a crux of my lineups all season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't word, blown too. anyone away, but like, if you need ten points, you get it every mm-hmm. week. I love those players. Yeah, a lot of people don't love those players. You listen to some podcasts. That's what like, Josh Jacobs was gonna be. That's what I thought he yeah. was. I like having that rock in my lineup and then surrounding him with uh, some shinier pieces that are a little bit more unpredictable. But I think every single team should have that guy that could get you 10 points every week without too much uh, cause for concern. Yeah, I mean, the more teams that are in the league, the more you do need at least one of those guys to keep your floor above water. Exactly. Especially if you're playing in a league median league, which I've yeah. very much warmed up to after being in one this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's good to have that reliable guy. But not this week if you have Antonio Gibson because he did not practice. Yeah. Oh, man. Hopefully his foot's okay. But that's going to do it for our show today. This was episode 21 of the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. If you've been listening along, we really appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Best of luck on these really pivotal matchups in week 13.